Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Knowledge with Homage. I am your host, David Castle, a.k.a. Homage the Lion Killer. Today is October 23rd, 2020. Shout out to my man, Hoot the Owl on the beat. Got a bunch of new music I've been working on with this guy. And it's gonna be cool. I hope you guys are all doing good out there, staying sane through these crazy times that we've been living in. As we move into this next phase of this experiment they got us going through. I think that the springtime and what we experienced there with the first lockdown, which was very surreal. It was it was strange because we had never experienced anything like that. I think it was like a warm-up because typically people get sick during the wintertime. And when they had the, the whole outbreak thing, uh, or at least what they told us was the outbreak, it was during March in China. It had been happening prior to that, but that was like the warm-up. We saw the images on TV, the people in China just falling over and dying out of nowhere, and it, which were all fake. <laughs> it's come out that that shit was all fake because none of that stuff has happened here. And China's a communist country. They're very careful about what gets out from their country, so they're not going to release that shit and make themselves look bad. It's all part of the plan. They're all in on it. At least that's what I think. But anyways, when this stuff all first started happening, it was when the weather was starting to get warmer. We were moving into springtime when people don't... It's not a time when people get really sick and die. That's when you move into winter, when you're going through uh, autumn and into winter is when people typically get sick and die. Older people who are more susceptible to illnesses and disease, that's when they start croaking and dying So we are going into that time right now. It's late October, moving into November, December time. And that's when people get sick. So whatever illnesses come up, even if it's the regular flu, which I don't even know if that exists anymore, or or some kind of cold or pneumonia, which happens to people, they're going to label it all as COVID, and then they're going to justify that, or use that as justification to do another lockdown. And it's going to be worse. And, uh... You know, it's really going to be the nail in the coffin for the small businesses that, you know, any of them that are still left operating, which isn't many, but there's some. So that's going to suck for them. It's going to suck for everyone. This whole year has kind of sucked for everyone. And unless people fucking speak out and resist and don't comply and and don't go along with what's happening and actually tell these people to fuck off and start saying no, they're going to keep going with this and it's going to get worse and worse and worse because that's the ultimate plan is just to take away all of your freedom, all of your liberties, uh, to, to restructure our whole way of living and it's not going to be good for the average person. It might be cool for the person at the very, very fucking top who uh, benefits from these type of things, but for the average person... It's not going to be good, and I don't think who you vote for has much to do with it, although I do think it would be quicker if Joe Biden were to be elected. I think it would be a a lot faster. The agenda would just move quicker. I think Donald Trump is kind of a a wrench in the works for this agenda, but I do think he's he's all part of it, too. You don't get to to be elevated to that position unless you're going along with the agenda, unless you're a puppet. So... 
right now it's it's an election year. You got a lot of people who are very passionate about who they're going to vote for and who they're not going to vote for. It seems like a lot of people are just voting against the person they don't like and not for the person they do like, which is a weird way of doing things. I don't think voting does anything. If it did make a difference, they wouldn't let us do it. That That old Mark Twain saying, which is so true, I mean. The democracy that we have here, well, it's actually a republic, but th- this whole election illusion is meant to give us the illusion of choice and to make it seem like uh, we're playing a part in this this governmental beast. And it also kind of uh, gives you like a responsibility and for, for what the government does. Like it was your choice to go invade this country and murder all these people because you voted for that guy. He's your representative. And you voted for him. He's a Republican. You're a Republican. Or he's a Democrat. You're a Democrat. So in a way, you're partially responsible for the actions of this fucking asshole. (laughs) Uh, And that's the way it works. So a lot of people will not speak out against the person that they voted for, even though they're doing things that they don't agree with. They're kind of like, well, you know, I voted for him and that was my mistake. (laughs) I don't know. They They just won't admit it. Ah, but who knows? So they keep saying that there's a rise in cases. Every time you look at the news or every time you look at your phone, for example, I'll look at my phone right now and uh, see what see what news they have. I guarantee you the first thing – well, they did have the debates last night, so maybe it will be something about how Donald Trump's an idiot. But I guarantee you there's something about coronavirus. So let's see. How do I get to the news? Yes, first thing, top stories. U.S. top 70,000 coronavirus cases in one day. Heights not seen since July. Now, see, what they're saying, what they're not explaining, which is so important, is it's 70,000 cases. That doesn't even mean that the people are sick. They don't even necessarily have the sniffles. They, there could be nothing wrong with these people. All they're saying is that they tested positive for having what they say is this virus, which has never been isolated. It's never even been proven to exist. And that's a fact. You can The CDC has come out and said that. That COVID-19 has never been isolated, which raises the question, how are they making a vaccine for it if they don't have the virus to go off of and, you know, make the vaccine for the virus? But facts don't matter. Uh, But with these cases, things, all they're saying is that somebody tested positive for having this virus inside of them. It doesn't mean they're sick. It doesn't mean they're dying from it or anything like that. They may not have any symptoms whatsoever but when you say there's 70,000 people who have this illness or have a a remnant of it or whatever there's 70,000 cases it makes people scared and it's going to justify another lockdown but people aren't even going to look into what this PCR test is which is not even a test the PCR what they claim the PCR test is is actually an amplification process it's not meant to be used for diagnosis and the guy who invented it and, and won a Nobel Prize for inventing this, I believe, uh, he came out and said that. And this was around the time for the HIV-AIDS uh, pandemic thing that was going on. And they were using this test as well to diagnose people with HIV and AIDS when it wasn't necessarily that. There's so much uh, murky water that goes along with the AIDS crisis as well where more people were dying from the treatments they received after being diagnosed with HIV than the actual disease, whatever that may be. 
because there's a, it's really sketchy as well, just like this pandemic is too. But uh, Adam Curry from the No Agenda show, the No Agenda podcast, which is great, I, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, he went in and, and really broke down what this PCR test is and how it's completely fraudulent, and it's a fucking scam. Um, he explains how it's an amplification process where they look for a certain type of virus, which you have like millions and millions inside of your body, all different types of viruses. They're not really doing anything to you. They're just there, uh, and and they amplify it, and then and then they use that to say that you have this disease or at least that's what the doctors and the lab technicians are doing right now because they're all fucking in on it, you know? Uh, the doctors are being paid off by the pharmaceutical companies. They get extra money if they have so many coronavirus cases. They get extra money if they put somebody onto a ventilator. And this, this has all come out as fact. So, yeah, the PCR test is is not a test at all to begin with, but it's not reliable. And, and to say that there's so many cases doesn't necessarily mean that all of these people are sick. It doesn't mean that at all. But that's what they're saying because they're lying to you. The news is lying to you. That's all they do. That's what they're there for. And that's pretty much what they've always been about. I don't, I don't think there's ever been real journalism in my lifetime uh, unless it's alternative journalism, which is being done away with right now. There's a huge purge. That's that's been happening, which they foreshadowed and they talked about doing this in the event 201 scenario, which took place on October 18th, 2019, where they simulated this whole pandemic crisis that we're now going through just coincidentally. Right. It's not like they knew. It's not like they planned it and did it on purpose. Nah, they would never do that. It's just a coincidence. And uh, yeah, they, they simulated this whole entire thing. They even said that it was an outbreak that would originate in China. But they, they had a whole uh, scenario where the the response they would take against independent journalism and, and the naysayers, the anti-vaxxers, the conspiracy theorists, whatever derogatory term you want to label critical thinkers with, uh, they, they have a whole like way of dealing with these people and discrediting them and getting rid of them. And getting the social media companies on board with that, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, fucking all these motherfuckers, and they censor them. Before, they they were just doing shadow banning. Like, I've been shadow banned since I released my first video on YouTube, Digital Clouds. And you can see that, because that shit got like over 100,000 views very quickly, and everything i put out since, nobody watches. Nobody sees it, and the music's better, in my opinion, but nobody gets to see it. Shares are prevented. I've been having people tell me this for years. Now, that this is what they've been doing traditionally, but now it's so it's it's way more in the open, and they're just deleting channels that have hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Uh, not that that makes it okay to delete a channel that has only five subscribers, but it's it's just you know these people are using their platform for what it's meant to be used for. The people obviously like what they're doing. That's why they have such a big following. And then YouTube is just going to come out there and delete all of their work, and that's that. And there's nothing you can do about it. A lot of the times, they don't even give you an email or anything like that. They just deleted Ryan Christian's channel, The Last American Vagabond, um, and he had a huge following. And I think they're also fucking with the Free Thought Project. I mean, there's there's a whole slew of people that are being thrown down the memory hole, to use some 1984 terminology. 
And that's really what we're living through right now, this tyrannical takeover of the world, which is it's insane, man, the, the, the levels that we are at and how people just are going along with it and not even trying to resist it and just doing whatever they're told and thinking that if as long as they go go along with it and follow the rules, things will go back to normal someday. But that's not going to happen. Things are not meant to go back to normal. This is the new normal. That's why they keep saying that. And it's funny because I made that song, New Normal, like a year ago. I wrote it a couple years ago, I think. And uh, now it's when the pandemic hit, they kept saying, this is the new normal. This is what we got to do now. And just that's that. (laughs) And uh, if you think that the world is going to go back to normal with you just complying with whatever these tyrannical fucking criminals are telling you to do, then you're sadly mistaken because that's not how it works. Either you start to resist and you start to speak out for yourself and speak out against them and demand that you have rights and and demand that these people don't do this fucked up shit to us, don't ruin your business and, and lock you down like you're some sort of prisoner. If you aren't willing to speak out against that shit, then you're fucked. You know, we're all fucked. Uh... I wish I had a better way to put that, but that just is what it is. Now, I've been watching something, a, a, a series that came out last, about a month ago is when it came out. It's called Utopia. Now, if you guys haven't seen this, you really have to watch it because it's total predictive programming for what's happening right now. It predicts this whole pandemic scenario, and even... Even if you just watch the first opening sequence of it, like like the um, introduction, you know, the, the fucking theme song type shit, you'll see that it, it, it touches on like everything that's happening right now. All the current events, it has like a forest on fire, which you can tell is supposed to be California, which this has been the worst fire season ever. Uh, it has like a, a mosquito fucking sucking, you know, biting someone. Which Bill Gates is releasing all these GMO mosquitoes, right? That's that's happening right now. Uh, it has like a hurricane, and then, it, but it, it's corresponding with that. It's someone pouring cream into a coffee and stirring it around, kind of symbolizing that they're making the hurricane. They're whipping it up, or they're they're preparing it. Which the weather is controlled. And they they do that, um, and you know, it has. It talks about a bat. Well, it doesn't talk about it, bat. Well, they do talk about it, but it's in the opening sequence as well. And the whole show is about a pandemic. It's about a a fucking flu outbreak, an influenza outbreak that takes over the United States, and then uh, some some billionaire philanthropist comes out, who's obviously supposed to be Bill Gates. It's played by John Cusack, and the name in uh, the show is that they give to him is Kevin Christie, and they also say that he's Mr. Rabbit, which is an an allusion to The Matrix, because in the beginning of The Matrix, you have Neo, who is a hacker, uh, and he's following the White Rabbit, and that's what leads him to, to discover what The Matrix is and to be invited to join the real world and, and awaken to the reality. You know, he takes the red pill. And the reason for that is because he was chasing the white rabbit and he was kind of aware of what was happening. So that's an allusion to that. And the, this isn't a new show. It was actually originally aired 
in 2013 in Britain. It was a it was a British show that that they were airing, and it was the same basic um, basic formula. This is just a readapted version. Now they started filming for this in the fourth quarter of 2018. So in the end of eight, 2018, the creator of the show is named Gillian Flynn. And she announced on October 17th, 2019, that they were finished filming the series. So this happened all before this whole pandemic outbreak. And and they completely predict everything that happens. Now, what happened, what was happening around October 17th, 2019? Does anybody know? Show of hands, does anybody know? I'll tell you. On October 18th, 2019 is when they had Event 201. Now, is that just a coincidence? I mean, come on. It's pretty hilarious the, the way these things all line up. And where none of us notice it and nobody mentions it, especially not in the mainstream media. Uh, K.J. Osborne from The Scariest Movie Ever on YouTube, he did a, a great breakdown of this, this series. He also did a breakdown of the original one, the 2013 series. And it's full of satanic occult symbolism and and all that stuff. A lot of movies are, but this one especially because it is meant to to mock us and act as a sort of predictive programming mechanism. And and they use all of the you know the fucking Illuminati triangles with the eyes, the checkerboard floors, um, and and just there's countless imagery you know types of imagery that they use that correspond with the Illuminati and and the the illuminated ones who control us. And I just want to like explain to you what happens in this show and give you a brief synopsis of it. You really should watch it and get people you know to watch it as well because I think this type of stuff it it's obviously put out there to mock us and and to show us like they they wrote it before all of this stuff happened and now all of this stuff is happening exactly like they say it's going to happen in the show. But they say that the show is just fictional, and they even have a disclaimer at the beginning of it, which says, uh, basically, just to paraphrase it, it says, this show is not based on any actual events, it's completely fictional, and it's not based on a real pandemic scenario. When it's totally based on a real pandemic scenario, and everything they're talking about in the show is actually happening in, in real life. So, the one of the main characters in the show is John Cusack. It's played by John Cusack. And to me, the the person he's supposed to represent and his character's name is Kevin Christie. Uh, he's like a billionaire philanthropist who owns this giant pharmaceutical company, but he also has his hands in, in all sorts of different things. They don't really go into his rise to power and how he became rich. But um, to me, he represents Bill Gates. He's a total Bill Gates motherfucker. He even kind of looks like him and he acts like him. He's such a douche in the movie. Or in the show. And he's even, he's doing things that Bill Gates is doing right now. He's going around the world uh, trying to help people, but at the same time trying to depopulate the world. You know, he's testing out his vaccines in poor areas. And uh, actually, no, not his vaccines, but that Bill Gates does that. But he's also creating fake meat. So just like Bill Gates is behind the the whole fake meat movement, the um, what do they call it? Out of just that fake the smart meat. No, what the fuck is it called? Impossible meat. 
and it's made out of who knows what, some disgusting thing. It's it's not good for you, but this is what they want to move us on to because they say that, you know, eating meat is destroying the world uh, through cow farts. And we're all going to die because of that, so we don't get to eat protein, which is a very, very old, uh, ancient method of controlling the population through what type of food you give them. Because if people don't have the right food, if they don't get the right vitamins and minerals, then their brain is going to develop to develop properly, and they're not going to be able to think. They're not going to be able to function. They're not going to be able to resist tyranny, most importantly. So that's why they mess with the food, and that's why they don't want us uh, eating meat. Because meat's good for you, believe it or not. They want us eating like, you can eat crickets or something, the impossible meat. It's made out of some weird shit like that. But anyway, so in the movie, uh, in the show, actually, it's a series. uh, Kevin Christie, who is to me supposed to represent Bill Gates, uh, he makes this fake meat. And he's testing his fake meat at different schools like elementary schools across the u.s and it just so happens that these schools are all in very poor neighborhoods and then corresponding with where he gives the fake meat they have these outbreaks of, of illnesses and all of these kids die and in one of the first or second episode he's confronted with this by a reporter which would never actually happen in real life there's no real reporters anymore right uh, at least they're not, you know, the real reporters aren't allowed to talk to the Bill Gates type characters. But in the show, he's confronted about this, and uh, they kind of make that connection between him testing his fake meat weird shit in uh, these poor neighborhoods across the country, and then kids dying. Which, uh, you know, I, I don't think this impossible meat's going to be good for you. Just saying. I'm saying be very skeptical of all this type of stuff. Now, in the show, Cusack's character, Kevin Christie, he also has a group of mind control slaves that he uses to carry out his agenda. And they they talk about where he got these these people in the show. And he says that he like bought them from third world countries, from from places where human trafficking basically is how he got them. And then he takes these kids and he mind controls them and brainwashes them and makes them into his little slaves. And they all live on this little compound and they do whatever he says. And he's just, they're like an MK Ultra type of fucking product or something. And and he uses these orphans that he got from poor third world countries. And then he brainwashes them and, and mind controls them to do whatever he wants. And then after this, they, he, they release this, they do this false flag virus release and infect the United States with this influenza-type disease where all these kids are dying. And nobody knows what's going on except this one guy who had previously worked on this virus, and he thinks that it's his. And he studied this virus and actually discovered it a few years prior to this. And he's like, oh, shit, this is my virus. I got to go test these people and see what's going on because I have the vaccine. I could save everyone. So he has good intentions. Now... He uh, goes to one of the outbreak cities, and there's all of these people protesting because they quarantined off all of these children who have this virus, and they're dying of it. And um, he goes in there, and he, he's trying to test out his vaccine. And they do this he, – he, he injects this bitch, this, this girl, uh, 
with his vaccine to see if it'll work, to see if it'll save him. But it's actually, this is one of the mind-controlled slaves of John Cusack or of Kevin Christie. And she's actually a twin. So when she injects her with it, they switch her out uh, with this other girl with her sister who looks exactly like her. And then they make it seem like the vaccine worked when in reality the girl just dies and they get rid of her. But they uh, present to the public that the vaccine works. It's a miracle. So then they get everyone demanding it and they all want the vaccine. And uh, they're all saying, release the vaccine. We need the vaccine. Just like right now, how everyone's pushing for the vaccine, they say, we can't go back to normal until we get this vaccine. And everybody needs to take the vaccine. All seven point whatever billion people on the planet need to get the vaccine before we go back to normal. And who's the big proponent behind that saying all that? People like Bill Gates. And of course, the CDC is in on it, but they're also kind of tricking the CDC and the FDA to allow them to do what they want to do. But we all know that these organizations are incredibly corrupt and they work with the pharmaceutical industries. If you give them enough money, they're going to approve whatever thing you want to put on the market. So that's that's just the way shit works. Uh so yeah, they they make it seem like the vaccine works because they pull the old switcheroo, and then now you got all the public demanding we give them this vaccine. But what's really going on is they infected the vaccine. It doesn't do anything to stop this illness from killing you. It's actually infected with this infertility drug that's going to make a make the population infertile for a few generations because he wants to reduce the population. This Kevin Christie character who's, like I said, I keep saying this, he's got to be based off of Bill Gates. Um, He's a eugenicist, just like many of the people at the top are, many of these elite assholes. Uh, They want to reduce the population. They think there's way too many people. There's way too many of you. You know, that's why the climate's going crazy. Never mind the fact that they can completely control the weather. They're spraying the sky day after day. They have these ionospheric heaters and these this weird technology that can manipulate the jet stream and make it so it doesn't rain or so it does rain and so it floods in certain areas and doesn't rain in other areas. They have all this stuff, but they don't talk about that. That doesn't exist in the mainstream mind. And you're just a lunatic if you talk about that. But the common theme behind all of this stuff is that there's too many of you. There's too many poor people. There's too many average people who aren't contributing. You're not doing enough to to deserve to live here. At least that's how they feel. And it's a sad fact, but the people like this do exist, and they're incredibly powerful, and it is their agenda to get rid of people like you and me, and especially people like me who are working to expose this. Um, I mean, I don't I don't do as much work as... as other people, like actual journalists and what, but I'm trying to do my part and speak out. I think I'm doing a lot more than any other fucking musical artist out there. A lot of these guys are cowards or they're just stupid and ignorant and refuse to speak out against anything, and yet people still worship them for some reason. I don't get it. But, yeah, they, the, the basis behind this whole Utopia show, it's just insane that they're even allowed to come out with this. But this is made by the the people who are doing this, obviously, or else how would they know exactly the the chain of events that is going to take place in the following year because this came out in 2019. But like I said, the original one came out in 2013, which means that they had been writing it for years prior to that. And this whole 
series of events, this whole shit that's taking place right now took years and years to plan. I mean, we had the event 201 thing, which was in 2019, but before that you had the dark winter exercises and there, there's all these other contingency plans too that were done by different branches of the government to simulate a pandemic outbreak and the continuity of government uh, structures that they had in place where they could keep doing the essential things. They planned out what was essential businesses, how many people they would need to keep running like uh, electric plants, power plants, sewage plants, the essential shit that we need, uh, grocery stores and, and, and food shipping and all of this. Now, going along with that, I do think going into this winter, we may start seeing the food shortage that people were anticipating back in the springtime. So it's not a bad idea to stock up on some food, maybe have a week or two's worth at least, just in case they're really strict with this and they're like gonna lock you up and take you to one of these camps they have if you leave your house. Because I, I really do think that we're coming to that point. There's people on the internet who've come out with videos of these containment camps that they have, these giant human-sized cages and these internment camps essentially what they are concentration camps that where they're going to put infected people i believe that was in canada where they showed this but years ago only a few years ago around the time when people were talking about the uh, jade helm stuff when they were showing those giant stacks of coffins and and cages and shit that that people were like what is going on with this <laughs> you know what do they have planned for us this is it we're, we're in it right now we're living through it and the longer people go along with it, the more likely it is to take place. So, you know, speak out about it and show people these types of shows and be like, dude, how did they know about this? Why are they showing us this? And you, you'll watch the show and just see all of the different types of symbolism that they have. And the whole thing, the whole show is based on this group of conspiracy theorists who find this comic book there's this, the the show is based off a comic book called Utopia which foreshadows all these events that have taken place and then there's these conspiracy theorists who use this comic book to try to predict uh some upcoming events that are going to take place which are all planned so not only does this show simulate a pandemic type scenario and a billionaire douchebag who wants to vaccinate the world in order to make them infertile, but it also uh, makes fun of conspiracy theorists and that whole movement. I mean, you'll see things about the Denver airport in there. Um, you know, of course, references to the number 33, the Illuminati eye of the pyramid, and all this stuff. If you want to look more into the symbolism aspect of it, I would suggest watching that video on KJ Osborne's channel, Scariest Movie Ever, because he does a pretty good job of explaining it. Now, as far as this big agenda goes that we're living through um, and where we're at in it right now, I would suggest, if you want to know more about that, listening to Alan Watt talk about it. Alan Watt has a podcast called Cutting Through the Matrix. Uh, you can also find stuff about him on his website, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. He's been talking about this stuff for decades now and going over who's doing it, what organizations are behind uh, these, you know, the wars and the pandemics 
and the big changes, who controls the governments really and all that shit. He's been talking about this for a long time. So if you really want to understand what's happening, I would suggest you go check him out as well. And uh, if you want to support what I do, you can always, you know, buy the stuff I have on my website, homagethelionkiller.com. I have uh, CDs for sale, sweaters and, and shirts and all that type of stuff. Or you could just donate to me too because that stuff really helps me and not only helps me keep all of the stuff going that I have, things like my websites and paying to be on these streaming platforms where you can hear my music and you know paying to do this podcast because none of this stuff is free. It all costs money. But it's also inspiring too to know that people are finding value in what I do and they support it. So it makes me want to do more stuff and uh, do better work. So with that being said, uh, we'll go into a couple articles here about what's happening. This one is from the activistpost.com and it is written by Matthew Mavak and the title of the article is COVID-19 lockdowns are in lockstep with the great reset. In October 2019, a pandemic simulation exercise called Event 201, a collaborative effort between Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, World Economic Forum, and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, concluded that a hypothetical new coronavirus may end up killing at least 65 million people worldwide within 18 months of an outbreak. When COVID-19 coincidentally emerged from Wuhan two months later, scientists were rushing to generate similar alarmist forecasts using a variety of questionable scientific methods. Researchers from the Imperial College London, for instance, approximated death tolls of 500,000 in the UK and 2 million in the USA by October of this year. To those following the metastasis of the global vaccine mania, the Imperial model was predictably tidied up with the help of Microsoft. While scientific models are admittedly fallible, one would nonetheless be hard-pressed to justify the endless string of contradictions, discrepancies, and willful amnesia in the global pandemic narrative. In fact, one should question whether COVID-19 even deserves the tag of a pandemic. According to the United States Center for Disease Control, the updated age group survival rates for COVID-19 happen to be ages 0 through 19 99.99 uh, 99.997% can you believe it so this is the survival rate if you if any of you fucking teenage kids are worrying about this shit you're absolutely retarded you have a 3 thousandths of a percent of a chance of dying from this 99.997% survival rate for the ages of 0 to 19 uh, and this is including all of the statistics they use where somebody got hit by a car and, uh, you know, they, they said that they died of COVID-19. So the ages 20 to 49 is 99.98% survival rate and the ages 50 through 69, 99.5%. So that's even huge. I mean, you only have a 0.5% chance of dying of it. I mean, come on. And that's for an older older population. And the age of 70 plus is a 94.6% survival rate. Which obviously, if you're that old, you're more at risk of dying of anything, especially an illness. The mortality rates are only slightly higher than the human toll from seasonal flu and are, in fact, lower than many ailments for the same age cohorts. 
If the CDC statistics don't lie, what kind of science have we been subjected to? Was it the science of mass-mediated hysteria? There are other troubling questions yet unanswered. Whatever happened to the theory of bats or pangolones being the source of COVID-19? Well, who was patient zero? Why was there a concerted media agitprop against the prophylactic use of hydroxychloroquine that was blocked by the Indian that was backed by the Indian Council of Medical Research, no less? Why did Professor Neil Ferguson, who had led Imperial's contagion modeling, repeatedly breach lockdown measures to meet his paramour? right after his recommendations were used to justify draconian lockdowns worldwide, which continue until today. Most damning yet, why are Western media and scientific establishments dismissive of Russia's Sputnik V vaccine? After all, Moscow's credibility, both scientific and otherwise, is on the line here. In a real pandemic, nobody would care where an effective remedy comes from. The virus does not care about borders or geopolitics, so why should we politicize the origins of an antidote? Perhaps what we are really dealing with here is a case of mass coronapsychosis, as Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko aptly called it. Who benefits from global, global lockdowns there to destabilizing all facets of our society? The following four great undercurrents may provide a clue. The Great Deflection As the author had warned for more than a decade, the world is staring at a confluence of risk overloads, socioeconomic meltdowns, and a second Great Depression. For the ruling classes, COVID-19 is a fortuitously deflecting public uh, COVID-19 is fortuitously deflecting public attention away from the disastrous consequences of decades of economic mismanagement and wealth fractionation. The consolidation of big tech with big media has created an Orwellian world where collective hysteria is shifting loci from boogeymen like Russia to those who disagree with the pandemic narrative. We have entered a new normal where Pyongyang, North Korea, affords more ambulatory freedom than Melbourne, Australia. While rioting and mass demonstrations by assorted radicals are given a free pass, even encouraged by leaders in the West, Facebook posts questioning lockdowns are deemed subversive. This is a world where Australian blue shirts beat up women, manhandle a pregnant woman in her own home, and perform wolf pack policing on an elderly lady in a park. Yet the premier of the Australian state of Victoria remains unfazed by the unflattering moniker of Kim Jong-dan. The corona totalitarianism is unsurprisingly most pronounced in the Anglosphere and its dependencies. After all, these nations are staring at socioeconomic bankruptcies of unprecedented proportions vis-a-vis their counterparts. Even their own governments are being systematically undermined from within. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security, created in in the aftermath of 9-11 to combat terrorism, supposedly, is now providing $10 million in grants to organizations which supposedly combat far-right extremism and white supremacy. Do you guys really think this is a problem in this country? How many white supremacists do you know that are just going to, like, you know, plotting to fucking take over the world or blow up some buildings? Ah, it's crazy. This will further radicalize leftist malcontents who are raising U.S. cities and its economies in the name of social justice. There is, however, a curious rationale behind this inane 
policy as the following section illustrates. The Great Wealth Transfer. While the circus continues, the bread is thinning out, except for the top 0.001%. Instead of bankruptcy, as recent trends indicated, Silicon Valley and affiliated monopolies are notching up record profits, along with record social media censorship. U.S. billionaires raked in $434 billion in the first two months of the lockdown alone. Now think about this. When the whole lockdown happened, nobody was able to do like physical advertising and and storefront purchases and stuff like that. So a lot of people had to purchase advertising from social media companies like Facebook to advertise on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. They went to social media advertising because that's the new frontier touted by people like Gary Vee and, and stuff like that. And, you know, the, people like this do good work and they, they speak truth about the importance of social media advertising. But, of course, they'll never criticize the the beast behind that, you know, because they're making money off it. They're part of it. The more the lockdowns, the more the wealth accrued to the techno elite. As tens of millions of individuals and small businesses face bankruptcy by Christmas, the remote work revolution is gifting multi-billionaire dollar multi-billion dollar jackpots to the likes of Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, which I like to call him Fart Suck-a-Turd, <laughs> Azure from Microsoft, AWS from Amazon, Cloud Ecosystems, among others, have expanded by 50% since the beginning of the pandemic because everything's moving online. That's where they would like everything to go, where we just never even leave our house. Maybe we just plug some shit into our forehead and then you know, whatever, and then we just stay home all the time. In the face of such runaway wealth fractionation, panoptic contact tracing tools from big tech are increasingly employed to pacify restive populations, and, of course, to prevent a second, third, or nth wave of COVID-19 for our collective good. In the meantime, big banks, big pharma, big tech, and other monopolies are getting lavish central bank bailouts or stimulus packages to gobble up struggling smaller enterprises. COVID-19 is a gift that never stops giving to a select few. But how will the techno-oligarchy maintain a degree of social credibility and control in an impoverished and tumultuous world? The Great Philanthropy Oligarchic philanthropy will be a dominant feature of this VUCA decade. According to a recent Guardian report, philanthropic foundations have multiplied exponentially in the past two decades, controlling a war chest worth about $1.5 trillion. That is sufficient to bankroll a horde of experts, NGOs, industrial lobbies, media, and fact-checkers worldwide. Large sums can also be distributed rapidly to undermine governments. The laws governing scientific empiricism are no longer static and immutable. They must dance in tandem, in tandem with their funding. Those who scream fake news are usually its foremost peddlers. This is yet another new normal which had actually predated COVID-19 by decades. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is a prime example of how oligarchic philanthropy works. Since 2000, it has donated more than $45 billion to charitable causes, and a chunk of this is designed to control the global media narrative. The Guardian, rather tellingly, credits the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for helping eradicate polio despite contrary reports of wanton procedural abuses, child death tolls, and poverty exploitation, which routinely mar the foundation's vaccination programs. I'm telling you, watch this utopia show. You'll see all the same shit taking place. 
Bill Gates even interprets vaccine philanthropy in terms of a 20 to 1 return on investments, as he effused to CNBC last year. And he, he'll try to say, he's said before that you don't make any money off of vaccines. And yet, right here, it's a 20 to 1 return on investments. Dude, it's not even like that if you sell crack. Like vaccines, that's big money right there. As for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's alleged polio success, officials now fear that a dangerous new strain could soon jump continents. After spending $16 billion over 30 years to eradicate polio, international health bodies, which work close with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, have accidentally reduced, reintroduced uh, polio to Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Iran. What do, what do all those countries have in common? What can you guys think of? We all don't like them. We're all blowing them up and shit and want to go to war with them. They were all on the list uh, given out by the Project for the New American Century of countries that the neocons want to invade, uh, which they then got justification to do with the occurrence of 9-11. Coincidentally, of course. Poverty, hunger, and desperation will spawn a tangible degree of public gratitude despite elite philanthropies entrenched bias towards elite institutions and causes. By the Guardian's own admission, British millionaires gave 1.04 billion euros to the arts and just 222 million to alleviating poverty in the 10-year period to 2017. Contrast this with the annual $10 billion earmarked by the philanthropic pool for ideological persuasion in the U.S. alone. So you see that? Uh, philanthropic organizations, which they say are there to help you. They say that it's a philanthropist is somebody who uses all of the money they've made to just give back to the community and help people. But they, they use $10 billion for ideological persuasion, which is brainwashing. And that's only in the United States alone. So that's what people like Bill Gates do. And the original guy who did this shit was Rockefeller. You know, everybody hated Rockefeller because of the way he monopolized the oil industry and and shut down all these other businesses, gobbled them up. I mean, he was like the characteristic asshole wealthy dude. And after there was these big protests and he had uh, people machine gun him down in the United States, he realized that his public image was being tarnished and it was fucking up his business. So he employed... Uh, the fucking guy, Edward Bernays, who was the nephew of Sigmund Freud and the creator of the term propaganda to create this whole public relations campaign for him. And then that's where they came up with the idea of philanthropy. So historically, the, the philanthropic role of, of rich people is one that is it, – it's a facade – to hide the more nefarious intentions that these billionaires have. And think about the concept behind it. Like this guy who is this cutthroat businessman who spent his whole life making all of this money and hoarding it and just collecting these billions and billions of dollars. Because if you're a charitable person, there's no way you're ever going to get a billion dollars. It just doesn't happen. If you're giving away your money all the time and trying to help other people, how could you accumulate that much wealth? just doesn't happen if you're a charitable person. You would have given it all away because you realize you don't need all that much money. You have to be greedy to have that much money. I mean, it's just true. So to think that a greedy person who's been greedy their whole fucking life is now just suddenly going to turn over a new leaf and want to help the world and give away all of their money, 
is just ridiculous. That's not how the real world works. That's maybe how it works in, you know, like uh, Disney stories, but not in the real world. And of course, Disney stories and 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 fairy tales are the fairy tales that the Disney stories uh, embody are classic for their MK Ultra mind control shit. So, anyways. Uh, the rabble is worth their weight only for the potential havoc they can wreak. Uh, there is enough money floating around to reduce our cities into bedlams of anarchy as seen in the United States today. It will only get worse after the November 3rd U.S. presidential elections. The crumbs left over can be delegated to threadbare charities. One only needs to reflect on soup kitchens in the post-1929 Weimar Republic. The most popular ones were organized by the Nazi party and funded by wealthy patrons. The march towards a new order has a familiar historical name. The new brown shirts are those who terrorize citizens for not wearing masks, for not being locked down in their pens, and for simply supporting a political candidate of choice. Even children who do not follow the oligarchic narrative are not spared. And just with regards to that, I got a personal story that happened yesterday. I was walking in the mountains, fucking way in the middle of nowhere, on this steep mountainside, like way up there. And this lady comes walking towards me. And she's got like these walking sticks. And I'm in front of her. I'm up the hill. And she's like, okay, you got to get off the trail. And it's steep as fuck. She's like, you got to get five feet away off the trail. And, uh, since I'm coming, which is true, if you're, if you're walking down a trail and the other person's coming up, you're supposed to get off to let them pass. But it was funny. She was such a fucking cunt about it. And like, I thought she was going to hit me with her fucking sticks. I kind of wanted to throw her off this cliff that we were on in all honesty. She's kind of lucky I didn't. Obviously I would never condone violence, especially against an old lady, but I kind of wanted to. People are just getting so nuts about this and... I actually felt bad for the lady, like how brainwashed she was by this and how afraid she was. Because who knows, maybe this is the first time she's left her house in seven months. You really never know with, with people these days. So it's just crazy. I'm I'm sure you have experienced uh, similar things. Just with the, the mind control that's going on right now, the indoctrination, the propaganda. Okay, getting through this long-ass article. For whoever's still with me, the Great Reset. A great pruning will inevitably occur in the mega billionaire club as whatever remains of the global corona economy is systematically cannibalized. The club will get smaller but wealthier and will attempt to sway our collective destiny. Control over education, healthcare, means of communications, and basic social provisions is being increasingly ceded by governments to the global elite. Governments colluding in the new normal will sooner or later face the ire of distressed masses. Politicians and assorted social justice warriors will be scapegoated once they have outlived their usefulness. In this cauldron, the century-old technocratic dream of replacing politicians, electoral processes, and businesses with societies run by scientists and technical experts may emerge, thanks to advances in panoptic technologies. It will be an age for the rational science of production and scientific collectivism. The latter is eerily redolent of the Soviet Sharaska, in quotations, uh, prison labs system. The production and supply of goods will be coordinated by a central directorate, led not by elected representatives, 
whose roles where they exist will be nominal anyway, but by technocratic factotums. Perhaps this is what the World Economic Forum refers to as the Great Reset. In reality, though, this idea smacks of a global gospelan minus the Dr. Sausages for the innumerable many. I don't know what the fuck that means. Some emerging economies like Malaysia and India casually referred to technocracy as an infusion of greater technical expertise into bureaucracy. This is a misinterpretation of technocracy's longstanding means and goals. One intractable problem remains. Will the emerging global oligarchy tolerate the existence of various deep states worldwide? Initially, both groupings may cooperate to their mutual benefit, but their respective raisons de tir are too contradictory to be reconciled. One thrives on an open society run by obedient hirelings who will administer a global ministry of truth, while the other depends on secrecy and a degree of national sovereignty to justify its existence. Surveillance technologies ushered in by the ongoing corona psychosis may end up being the deciding factor in the struggle. After all, if social media posts by the president of the U.S. and the White House can be blatantly censored today, think of the repercussions for billions of people worldwide tomorrow. So I hope you were able to gather something from that article and however terribly I read it because it had big confusing words that I don't understand. But you get the the gist of it, right? We're fucked. We're all going to die. Nah, I'm just kidding. Nah, we're okay. I mean, kind of sucks what's going on. But, you know, like I said, if if as long as we go along with this is as long as it's going to keep happening. We, the people are the ones who have the power. The ones in control of the world who are using mind control techniques and psychological warfare against us to make us recognize their legitimacy as, as being in power, um, they're not that powerful in reality. There's not very many of them. They, they use this, these techniques to make it seem like they're more powerful than they really are. So they... They're just flexing on us when, when in reality we can knock them out. You know, we're we're a lot more powerful than this this select group of a few people at the top, and that's why they work so hard to divide us and and to get us looking the wrong direction and to get us caring about the wrong things. Because if we were to unite and and recognize our true power and our true purpose on this world, then then we can make things change immediately and for the better. But the problem is we've been brainwashed into believing this system that we live in is like a natural system and that it's the only way that, that it could be. But look around you and and what's happening in the, in the people around you and what their values are and even what they speak about. What do they talk about on a daily basis? What are their concerns and, and, and what are their goals? Most of the time, it's something in the materialistic realm. There's not too many people who are very spiritual or, or religious anymore. We're, we're all stuck in this, this matter. We're, we're so focused on the shit that we have, on our cars, our clothes, our homes, all, all this materialistic stuff that isn't, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if you have a car, sweet, as long as it gets you A to B, right? Does it really matter what you look like in it? Or, or what you look like in your clones, yeah, yeah, it's nice having nice clothes and looking nice and and going out and doing fun stuff, but is that really the entire purpose of life? I, I think there's something deeper going on here 
that we should be uh, conscious of. But there's there's a big movement that is uh, trying to separate us from that part of ourselves, the spiritual part of ourselves, the part of us that connects us to a greater purpose in this life. Because I think this life that we're experiencing all individually, and we all have our own paths and our own experiences that we're going off of, I think it's supposed to be something more than just look at this shit that I have. Look at my money. Look at my clothes, my car. You know, look at my selfie. Look at my big-ass titties <laughs> that are fake. I don't know, though. There's a lot of weird stuff happening. And uh, if people were more spiritual or just more conscious of any the smallest tidbit of the existence of that, then that would be something that would unify us. Because when you are awake to that reality of existence then you realize that we're all in this together. Like nobody's more special than anybody else on, on that realm, in on that level. We're, we're all in this together and we're all essential to, to this world and to this, this spiritual reality. And just because some guy has a billion dollars or $10 billion, it doesn't make him any more important, you know, in the eyes of God than the guy on the the street corner, you know, sleeping under a newspaper. But we're taught to worship these people just because of the money they have, because their houses are big, because they have this jewelry on. You know, and and a lot of what's to blame for that is obviously Hollywood, but the music industry too. It's so obviously bought out and paid for and they can make anyone into a star and it doesn't matter what their message is they don't even have to have a message as long as they look the part they don't have to be good at music but they're going to become famous because they have this machine behind them because they have this image that they're trying to promote them being the record labels and the people in control of this shit because they're all part of that too and then the people who are saying some real shit they'll never get that extra push and they've really have to do it all organically, which is why they'll never become as big as someone who has that big mainstream push, who has terrible music, but they're a puppet that can be used for an agenda. Because people do mimic what they see and what they hear, and I think music is one of the most influential things uh, that that a person could listen to. I mean, th- there's something about music and the different chords and melodies and drums and shit like that, which just, it resonates in a different area of the brain, and it, and it influences people much more than anything else. So, that's why the mind control organizations have been so heavily involved in the music industry, ever since the creation of rock and roll. You know, the, the creation of rap. And the, there's a reason there's certain themes that that uh, certain genres of music follow because they're told what to do for the most part. I mean, why does every successful rapper now have to be rapping about crack, like selling crack? And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of catchy music that I like that is about that, but there's a lot of artists whose entire career and every song is about the same shit, about the brick they flipped 20 years ago. It's like, damn, you got nothing else to talk about? 
Nothing else has happened in your life that's worth mentioning. It's all about the brick they flipped and the fucking new watch they capped and the dope cars they drive. Which is cool. I mean, that's what the music's for, right? It makes you feel like you're cool when you listen to it, I guess. I ain't hating. It's just... It's just not my thing, I guess. I still listen to it. Whatever. But it's funny to notice these things and um, see them actually happening. Now, here's a, a thing that strikes close to home for me. It says, proposed lawsuit to protect Lake Tahoe and other sensitive environments from telecoms and 5G. This is by B.N. Frank from Activist Post. 20-plus years ago, the FCC replaced the EPA as the regulatory body appointed to protect Americans from the telecom industry. They are not a health or environmental agency, and they have flagrantly catered to the industry for decades. The agency has become much more dangerous since Trump was elected. Despite research proving harm, they refuse to update 24-year-old federal RF radiation exposure guidelines. So this is talking about how – I'm not going to read the whole article to you, but basically they're they're putting up all this 5G bullshit in South Lake, South Lake Tahoe, which is a beautiful area, awesome place, very popular vacation destination because it's right in – it's on Lake Tahoe. It's awesome. And – they're just going to put all these giant 5G towers and cell phone towers and just ruin it, dude, because 5G is not safe. I don't care what people try to tell you or sell you on the new iPhone, but this shit is not good for you. And it sucks that places like Lake Tahoe, which are so pristine and so awesome, are just being ruined by this. In addition to the douchey people who are moving in and fucking everything up and leaving their garbage and all of that you got the uh you know the big telecom industry people who want to just immerse everybody in this this radiation is essentially what it is and it's not good for human beings it's not good for animals and it's not good for trees i'll put this link up if you uh want to read it. i'm not going to read if you want to read it i'm not going to read the whole thing to you but just know that there are people out there trying to do the right thing and save Lake Tahoe, which is a cool place. Let's see. I feel like I've read so much. I feel like my brain hurts. No, just kidding. Now, uh, we'll read an optimistic article. It doesn't look like it's too long. This is called The Light Side of a Dark Age by the Zen Gardener. By apparent design, everything is crumbling into dystopian madness in the social matrix. From a gaslighting media now dutifully swallowed and parroted by a brainwashed majority, like expanding ice in the cracking pavement of the social fabric, to mind-blowing cognitive dissonant once basic reasonable thoughts being inverted one atop the other, the madness continues to metastasize. This is an increasingly dark and ever-deepening morass of insanity that society is very cleverly being steered into, not by force, but with its own permission, despite muffled outcries from small pockets of awake and aware individuals. But is it really caused, or was it dormantly waiting to be revealed? There's nothing new under the sun. Just try to tell that to anyone, never mind the obvious non-sequiturs about the abject con job going on, even to friends and relatives... 
why do people got to flex on the, on these this fucking uh, vocabulary? You know, everyone's got to flex their vocabulary. I'm gonna look up this word. Does anyone know what sequiturs means? A non sequitur is a contra- is a conversational literary device often used for comedic purposes. It is something said that, because of its apparent lack of meaning relative to what preceded it, seems absurd to the point of being humorous or confusing. Well, I guess I'm just an idiot. Let's reread that that sentence. Just try to tell that to anyone, never mind the obvious non-sequiturs about the abject con job going on. Even to friends and relatives. Brace yourself. You'll have mindless, irrational, emotionally driven programming to deal with, and it will be a total waste of time and just further the division and your own frustration. Besides, those who already see it don't need it anyway. Although it's nice to find a kindred spirit and open mind now and again in the midst of this tornado. This intense, comprehensive polarization, well, really a culmination of polarization that's been going on for ages, now bespeaks social civil war. We've seen this playing out incrementally for a long time, but we're embarking on new kinds of crazy by the day now. Civil wars are darkly famous for turning family members against each other, even to the death of loved ones. Scriptures worldwide have spoken of such divisions, manifesting when truth meets aroused, mass-electrified ignorance. And the brother shall deliver up the brother death. Wait, I fucked that up. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. Matthew 10.21 That's serious stuff. And this disintegrating worldwide society is on the verge of such things, sorry to say. It's just manifesting, that's all. Steer clear of panic, it's just stuff manifesting. Here are some gems from Alan Watts in the 1960s. Not to be confused with Alan Watt from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. This is Alan Watts, the Buddhist guy. The white guy who popularized Buddhism in the West. Uh, from his talk, Do You Do It or Does It Do You? The principle of growth always has and always will continue because that's what's going on. At the moment, we stand at a time in history where we're beginning to think of a great countdown on the whole human race, the terrifying possibility that through atomic energy we may obliterate this planet. It doesn't really matter. When you realize that that's that what it is, when you realize that's that what it is and that it doesn't really matter if the whole human race may blow itself up, then there's a chance that it won't do it. Uh, let me reread that sentence because I don't understand. It doesn't really matter when you realize that's that what it is. When you realize that's that what it is and that it doesn't really matter if the whole human race may blow itself up, then there's a chance that it won't do it. That's the only chance we have not to do this thing that attracts us like a kind of vertigo, like a person that looks over a precipice and is all set to throw himself over, or a person who jumps out of a plane when they're skydiving and forgets to pull the parachute ring because he gets fascinated with the target, called target fascination. Just so we can get absolutely fascinated with disaster, with doom, and all the news which is invariably bad news. It's very important to realize that's what we're doing or we might get all panicky about it. The fascination for this doom might be neutralized if we would say, well, why bother about that? It's just another fluctuation in this huge, marvelous, endless chain of our own selves and our own energy going on. So what's the heaven so... Blah, blah, blah. 
We appear to be at a periodic culmination of an ongoing stage play in the drama of human asleepness. Humanity as a whole is a long way from waking up, despite the fact that some of us know what's really going on to varying degrees for ages, but it never goes anywhere. You know what, dude? I don't like reading this guy's articles. They're really boring. (laughs) I'm not fucking reading it. Peace to the Zen Gardener, though. I like what you're doing. I'm just not going to read your article here. If you guys want to read it, I'll put a link up for it. Uh, But for me, I think that might be all I'm going to do today. Congratulations if you made it this far. Sorry if I bored you to death with these articles and my very poor synopsis on the show Utopia. But yeah, if there's something you take from this talk it's that you should go watch that show utopia because it's just insane the predictive programming in it and how they're mocking us with it it's really kind of disgusting when you think about it so i'm out of here i hope you guys have a great day and uh i'm gonna work on some music and whatnot and hopefully have a new project to put out for you guys before the end of the year maybe not though maybe the beginning of next year uh but i got a lot of new music hidden in the vault that uh, I think you guys would enjoy listening to. So thank you so much if you made it to this part of the talk. Remember, you can always support me by going to homagetheliongkiller.com and buying the sweet shit that I have there or just donating to me all of your money because I enjoy that and it will help me to create more content for you guys and try to awaken people who just don't really know what's going on. Not that I know everything, but I think I can point you in the right direction at least a little bit. So yeah, thanks everyone for listening, and I will be back soon with another talk. Peace out.